Welcome to Casey Corner, episode 69. The Bolts are headed to the Eastern Conference Finals. Once again. Once again. The greatest team on the planet. Uh, and no matter what sport. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Not sure who we're playing yet, but we'll see. Yeah, but whoever it is, bad news for them. Horrible news yeah, for them. exactly. Horrible news for them. Wow. It's an exciting time of year. Mm-hmm. And we're getting into summer now, you know, some summer vacations. The weather is just extremely hot. You can go in the pool every day. You don't even need to shower. You know, the amazing segue, you go from the ice to the uh, yes. to the weather, you yes. know, to how hot it is in summertime. So it, it, it is true. Um, these are my least favorite Florida months, but hey, you know, um, that's okay. It's still, still a great place to live. <laughs> yes, it's still, still uh, sunshine in most of the day. Exactly, until the which is great. Come. <laughs> I know, so true. So you started a new sermon series this past Sunday uh, for the flourishing of the household of God. You know, uh, Brooksy, uh, boy, is it fun watching King's Chapel, you know, grow and, and emerge and this church plant uh, kind of find its sea legs and, mm-hmm. and, and go. And if we're going to continue to move forward, we, we have to flourish following God's word. And Paul has written to Timothy and to the church this amazing letter that says, hey, here's a manual. This is, this is what it's all about. And if we can begin by understanding that um, the household, the church is the household of God. He's the one who owns it. Um, we are a, a part of the church of the living God, it says. I mean, how, how cool is that great description? And with that, um, we are stewards uh, over that household. He's kind of given us a manual to live by. Now, doesn't that sound exciting? Uh, God's given us a manual to <laughs> love live rules. by. You know, love, yeah, love rules. Uh, yet, in the real, in the reality is, it's to lead us to love. I mean, it's to lead us to faith. I mean, it's to lead us to a pure heart and a and a clear conscience. It's it's not to be a burden for us, and it's not to take away our life, but to give us life and for us to truly flourish. Uh, we just can't come up with our own ideas. Um, we have to have those given to us from the one who owns the household. So, you know, uh, yet last Sunday was an intro. Anytime it's an intro, Brooksy, it's always like, okay, how do I get people up to speed into this book? You know, what do you have to tell them to have them kind of understand it? And again, the Holy Spirit's job is going to do that. But, uh, you know, how much to give, uh, you know, how much backstory, uh, like previously on 24 or, you know, previously (laughs) just kind of a, a little snapshot of, of where you are. So really, you know, what I had hoped to say is just the reality of, of for King's Chapel to flourish, we have to abide by what God tells us. And it's a beautiful thing. It's going to tell me how to act as a pastor. It's going to tell who should be our leaders. It's going to tell how we should treat young people, old people. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's just a beautiful uh, little book. And so, you know, last week, kind of the introduction, but what, what I really had hoped to say is, Let's don't see this just through the lens of something legalistic. Let's see the reality that, that this is for us to flourish with health, and it's good stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and this we didn't plan this, but it'll tie in with our chapter three of the reason for God. Uh, Christianity is a straitjacket, and how people think that giving them rules and everything kind of puts them in a box and doesn't allow them to be free or anything. We'll see that that's definitely not the case. It isn't and, the case. It's absolutely opposite, you know, and so, uh, you know... We find our, our freedom in Christ, mm-hmm. and that's uh, it's it's far from a straight jacket. We are truly free. Those who the sun sets free are free indeed. Yes, and we need house rules to kind of get us all going in the same direction, pulling on the same rope, and not just a free-for-all. Exactly. You know, what I hope to say, let's make the segue. Yes. Uh, this week, yes. we, so we start jumping into the, the depth of it. The first thing he says is, hey, listen, make sure your, your doctrine is pure. And uh, 
Brooks, one of the incredible blessings that God has given to me is I've been able to travel some. And so when this letter was written from Paul to Timothy, Paul says, hey, listen, stay in Ephesus. And that was a place that Paul spent some time. And that's a place, one of the most important churches in the New Testament. And it's it's a, it's a city that you can still go visit and you can see um, and you can kind of visualize what was happening. And it makes the Bible go from black and white to color. I mean, you could see the amphitheater where there was a riot. And it's amazing what they've uncovered. Their culture was very sophisticated. They had hot and cold running water in that day. I mean, they would be able to pump in. And they, mm. they you, you could see the signs that they would make in the, in the cement or on the, you know, it would show you like which foot to turn right or turn left to go to different places. And the places they would could go to were like the wash house or the brothel. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, uh, and some of the things that they've uncovered they were wrestling with a very pluralistic society. They were wrestling with a lot of faith. And um, what Paul is going to say to Timothy is, hey, number one thing, guard your doctrine. Make sure that you, you, you're teaching the right thing. Make sure you were living out the right thing. And this is so important. And I just think of the reality of, we often see the Bible, man, it's so ancient, it's so old. And what does that have to do with us today? I think the society in Ephesus was a lot closer to ours than people would realize. And you know, we're swimming upstream and it's uh, the churches. We were talking before we came on air of just some friends of ours like, hey, how do we get them to come to church? You know, mm -hmm. how do we get them to jump in? You know, and uh, it's not a culturally uh, um, relevant. It's not something that it's culturally embraced the like, way it used to. Mm -hmm. And so when you are going against the current, there's a whole different mindset and feel. And I feel like in the church so much, we're going against the current now and uh, culturally. And so how do we make sure to keep that pure? So that's where we're going to be, what I hope to say this week. It always blows my mind with those um, old kind of cities without technology. How do they even kind of keep their rules? Now we have red light cameras that see our every move. And it's like, okay, you ran that red light. But doing rules and no one could necessarily see you. And just how society even worked back then just always blows my mind. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. It's a great point. It makes me think... Uh, Maybe because they throw them to the wolves or the lions and they didn't. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they'd literally whip them on the street, you mm -hmm. know, like, man, yep. you know. Uh, they were a little more severe punishments, probably. Yeah. Shaming. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's true. And I, but I think that there was a fear of the gods. I think there was a fear of authority. Maybe uh, it wasn't that there's one true God, but there's a, I, I don't know. It's a good question. They could be struck down at any moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of superstition. You a lot know, of, so, just so, a little stitious. So, uh, um but, you know, it was interesting because I, when I was in Ephesus, they were, they're still digging and uncovering things. Mm -hmm. And they were, there's some of these beautiful mosaics. What they would do is they would tell stories through tile, um, these mosaics on the floor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, you can realize that this was a fairly advanced and fairly perverted at times. It was mm -hmm. interesting to see what, oh my gosh, that's what's on their floor. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, they didn't have the access to the internet but man's sinful heart was still creating ways to uh, tell stories in a warped way. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I know Tim Keller in the book Reason for God kind of goes through how they would document history and their official, you know, historic documents that were meant to be read in front of people that could be fact-checked and everything. And yeah. the, there was, that's how they recorded history. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> so they didn't forget it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> and, you know, and you, we see God's 
hand of providence over all that, which is which is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Are we heading into Keller? We're heading into Keller. Yeah, we're flying this morning. We are flying this what morning. We got a lot of coffee going or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know what is happening. <laughs> it's so true. But like I said, this chapter kind of ties in with what you meant to say this past week with Christianity as a straitjacket and kind of that fallacy that people think these different rules kind of put you in a box and don't allow you to be you um, and have you know, or don't let you have freedom. Yeah, and they just want to universally say that truth should be defined the way that you see truth and there can't be absolute truth. And if there is absolute truth, that's just going to rob our freedom, which, you know, that fallacy will fall down on itself. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was interesting to me as I read this. Uh, let me read a, a quote to you on page 36. Uh, this was from a guy named Stephen J. Gould. And uh, he's talking about, you know, uh, true freedom is freedom to create your own meaning and purpose. So, you know, uh, you got to do that yourself. And he says this, this. This is unbelievable. We are here because one odd group of fishes had a peculiar fin anatomy that could transform into legs for terrestrial creatures. Because comets struck the earth and wiped out dinosaurs, thereby giving mammals a chance not otherwise available we may yearn for a higher answer, but none exist. This explanation, though superficially troubling, if not terrifying, is ultimately liberating and exhilarating. We cannot read the meaning of life passively in the facts of nature. We must construct these answers for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think, first of all, what an incredible amount of faith this guy has. You know, he's got faith that some fish. Uh, grew legs and uh, became, uh, you know, his faith in the evolutionary process is is absolute. You know, he's convinced mm-hmm. of that. He speaks, speaks it as truth. And then his faith that a comet had struck the earth to take out the dinosaurs. Um, he was just as if he was there. To let the fish people take over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he's saying, hey, you may yearn for higher answers, but... There is none. At least he's consistent in his view. Mm-hmm. Because if that is the way things are, there are no ultimate answers. And that you have to find it for yourself. How absolutely sad. I mean, you know, I mean, if, if life's answers are only unlocked with me. I mean, if I'm the one who determines that, um, man, you know, it may sound like freedom. To me, it sounds like hell. Mm-hmm. It, yes, it's like... Man, uh, that's you, I gotta be living for something beyond myself. Yeah, and the whole time you're just thinking, "Am I gonna make the wrong choice?" and have so many choices each day, and how a domino affects your life that puts a lot of pressure on you. I couldn't imagine that kind of pressure um, being dealt with every single day. Yeah, that, and it's true. And you know, when I when I put myself, you know, I, I think of as a pastor oftentimes that I want to tell the congregation, God has made you for something so much bigger than your own story. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity in the Bible is that we are a part of his story. Mm-hmm. It's not just our pathetically small little stories. It's uh, it's his beautiful, wonderful, grand, glorious story that we can be a part of, which, mm-hmm. is, which is cool. Yep, yep. And kind of going back to the house rules that you preached about last Sunday, it talked about how every community needs to hold its members to a certain you know, standard. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the church is. It's a community. So if we're not being exclusive by holding our members to a certain standard or certain rules. That's what every community does. No yeah, every, I love how he made that distinction. You know, every, every community will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is no such thing as an all-inclusive community. Right. Because, you know, as soon as somebody is saying, hey, I think something different, they're outside of that. But, but you know, I, I love his comment he had on page 40. He's talking about that 
and he says this, we should criticize Christians when they are condemning and ungracious to unbelievers. Now let's hit pause and say, you know, as Christians, we should be loving our neighbor, Christian and non-Christian, right? And uh, so just to criticize uh, and condemn um, uh, and uh, ungracious unbelievers, uh, we should be careful of that. But uh, we should not criticize churches when they maintain standards for membership in accord with their beliefs. Every community must do the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I think with that is uh, as a pastor, and this is this is kind of a confession, Brooks, is that, you know, I have oftentimes wanted to lead the church in a way that is culturally relevant, in a way that embraces what the culture embraces, because that way you have an in. Hey, we we believe in that too, or, or that's important to us too. Um, and so um, I oftentimes will stress the ways that we connect with culture. Keller did a good job saying, how, how in the world can your church be thriving in New York City? How can you hold to the deity of Christ that people are saved by God's grace through faith in Christ alone? How can you hold on to these orthodox truths uh, and be growing? You know, And um, he would say, but we also embrace the arts. We also embrace uh, that we want a diverse diversity. And there's some cool things that, well, not cool, but there's some things that the society embraces as well. But I don't always stress, hey, these are the things that make us unique and distinct and different. We're almost afraid of those things and uh, that we want to enforce those things. And let's, let's even make that um, into uncomfortable in today's culture is we believe that in our community, God is the one who is the author uh, of, of marriage and, you know, and he's the definer of marriage. And so uh, we, we believe differently than culture does. You know, mm-hmm. we... We believe differently in, in sexuality and and the expression of that in, in accordance with God and His Word, and uh, um, you know that's we're swimming upstream uh, mm-hmm. in a culture with that. But um, why do we believe that? Well, we we are in a community that God has told us that's that's way, and so it is right for us to do that. Mm-hmm. But let us do it in a way. Let us hold those in a way that's not just chucking rocks. I think we've really <laughs> messed up. Not just you know, yelling and, and screaming at those who don't believe this. Um, and I love the way this chapter ends. It's, it's about love. You mm-hmm. know, it's about being compelled, constrained by love. Yep, yep, exactly. And I liked how they talked about how each culture is supposed to be different, whether you live in America, Africa, European, where uh, Christianity didn't make Africans or uh, remade Europeans. It made them uh, more culturally, culturally African. That was so cool, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, and just they... Christianity calls us to worship, but doesn't give us a rhythm or meter or beat or anything yeah. like that. And I know nothing about music, but you create <laughs> your own music do. that fits in your culture yeah. um, to perfect that. You know, and he alluded to places in scripture like Isaiah 60 that talk about the end times, that culture is going to be reflected in the new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. It's not like we become this bland, you know, uh, homo genius uh you know yeah, just nailed like, it. yeah yeah it was, it was good i was struggling with that one so uh um but that the the africanness of the african believers and the asianness of the asian believers mm-hmm. and, are going to be there in glory it brings god glory and uh yeah that i love that section of the book yeah that, that's that, what isaiah says depicts a world where all of our cultures are made perfect and retain their identity every tribe tongue and nation yeah and that, isn't that awesome mm-hmm. yeah I which is the world that. i want to live in i yeah, don't want everyone too. just to be no, the same no no and, and just i mean god's a god of just multiple colors and, mm-hmm. and uh creativity and 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. You know, it's it's so cool. But yeah, going back to what you're saying at the end of the chapter, where with loved ones, your spouse or anything, you enjoy giving up some of your independence to do things with them that they enjoy, um, and it's easy for you. And the kind of the chapter ends on a C.S. Lewis quote of he was asked is it easy to love god and he says it's easy to those who do it Mm. which is just very powerful and you know if you're already doing it and you enjoy doing it it's very easy to do to give up your uh freedom oh man that is so good man i just want to marinate that you know uh, (laughs) uh, for a little bit and be convicted by it and by the way, Brooks, you're on your A game today, bro. Yeah, I just really yeah. appreciate it, man. You're, I, <laughs> I got some early. I got it's, some early coffee. You know, I walked in with my own cup. We're it, good to go. It is so good. But one of the things that, that we mentioned um, just before we went on air. Can we say this where we're yeah on air? On air. Yeah, yeah, live <laughs> XM it. radio. Exactly. <laughs> um, was that you know if when you love somebody or you love something you know especially if you love someone a loved one you you will willingly sacrifice some freedoms for them and. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a friend of mine uh, saying something that was so profound. He said, you know, I don't know of a marathon runner or a scratch golfer who isn't inherently selfish. Now, that's a terrible broad generalization, (laughs) and I'm sure that's not uh, universally true. But the point he was making is if you are if you are a marathon runner, you guys spend a lot of time running by yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you are a scratch golfer, you're playing a lot of golf mm-hmm. and, and uh, a lot of money games. A lot, exactly. And so, but the reality is you know, that's something to do when you're, you're 21 or you're, you don't have a family or whatever. But once you have loved ones that, you know, what, what is going to be most important for you? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think of my own father um, who wasn't uh, necessarily a great golfer, but I I'll always look back and, and realize I, he didn't invest in his golf game. He invested in his children. He mm-hmm. invested in, in our, our sporting events. You know, he on a Saturday, he wasn't on the golf course. He was with us wherever we were, where we were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think love would sacrifice for those that you love. And, um, you know. And Even then, if your kids like soccer. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> no wait a minute, Brooks. <laughs> we have to draw a line somewhere. You know, we have to hold standards somewhere. <laughs> Oh, I guess sorry to all the soccer call, players. Cover a multitude of sins. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I think that we might be getting in trouble here. So let's. Uh, <laughs> this is where we go to Casey updates. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Casey updates. Uh, but anyway, may the love of Christ compel us. You know, I love that. That's 2 Corinthians five fourteen. Let me wrap it there and say, mm-hmm. may, you know, that may the love of Christ constrain us, compel us, uh, and hold us together. I think that that's what that Greek word really could mean. So, um, and then in Christ we find freedom. Mm-hmm. You know. Those whom the sun sets for the sun, those who Jesus the sun sets free are free indeed. Mm-hmm. So, hey, this Sunday, big Sunday, we are going to have our luncheon. Uh, we kind of haven't had it with the Easter, and then we had a work day, so we're kind of back to our KC family luncheon right after church. We're going to do the uh, pub sub boxes, mm-hmm. and so uh, looking forward to that. And we already are planning our Fourth of July uh, uh, picnic coming up, so that's going to be coming up soon, and. Uh, we're we're gonna rent a water slide and do some things. So uh, excited about that! So um, come this Sunday, we'll be in week two of our Timothy series, uh, and also uh, we are going to have a luncheon afterwards. So come and stay with the church; it'll be fantastic. Um, uh, also uh, this Sunday, uh, we got a special Scots out of town. So uh, 
Got got uh, Drew Gowen leading us in worship, and mm-hmm. uh, PJ Goins. Isn't, I didn't realize yeah. that. No That's relation, it. but pretty yeah, close. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she just bought an extra uh, uh, letter, and so. Uh, um, you know, going and going. That's wow. We're, we're really going to be going in mm-hmm. style. Here, yes, amazing, amazing. Oh, <laughs> That's just a little nervous. I'm all these things, all these little things I could say that are dad jokes. So, so <laughs> anyway, um, so come and be a part this weekend. Um, it should be a great weekend. And then, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the young adults are going to Loma Bowl tonight, round nine p.m. to bowl. So okay, I think it's like round nine. Like you, you had eight rounds. Of no, 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 around so somewhere around, around nine. nine o'clock. You know what? You know you're young adults if you're going to go uh, bowling around nine. Yeah, you know? yeah, you yeah, know, yeah exactly. What are you talking about, man? It's, a <laughs> it's bedtime. It's a school nine night. Nine o'clock. Holy cow! That'd it's be summer good. break. That'd you're be good. beautiful. All right. Go, go get them. Do you, do you put the bumpers up in the gutters? Yeah, keep look? it straight. Yeah, keep it going that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That a boy. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Blessings, y'all.